0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, sponsored by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. My name is Dr. Bill Takeshita, and it's really my honor and privilege to be able to be your host this evening as we talk about Apple's new iPhone 4S. Uh, but the first person I'd like to introduce is Mr. Richard Retta, who's the president of CCLVI, and welcome, Richard. Hello. Hi. Good evening. Yeah, you were the one. What are you cooking back there? Bar-media no, it's not. I was actually on mute prior to that. No, I, I'm,
1: I'm sorry. I just got off of mute, and I didn't hear half the introduction when you when okay. you did that. But
0: thank you, Dr. Bill, for having okay. me on the call. Well, I know you're busy, so thank you very much for being on the call. And secondly, we have uh, Christy Stone, who, who is a technology specialist who was also uh, part of our team at the Center for the Partially Sighted. So welcome, Christy. Thank you. And uh, last, but definitely not least, we have Mr. Julian Vargas, who is an assistive technology and mobile technology consultant and specialist, and he has done quite a bit of lecturing about this iPhone for us, so we're really glad to have you on the phone as well. Welcome, Julian. Thank you, Dr. Bell. good to be here. Great, great. Well, I think one of the things that everybody is probably wondering is, is this new iPhone 4S? all that it's really hyped up to be. And, you know, for myself, I have had so many different types of cell phones and I have had the different types of software. I've had mobile speak and it really worked very well. It allowed me to make and receive phone calls and I could read uh, text messages and if it would read it aloud. I could even get into the menus and things. But one of the things that I didn't like about every phone that I have had is I really didn't like how slow it was for me to type, even though I had a keyboard on my phone, it was slower than I wanted to be to type, and when I then saw the commercial about the iPhone 4S with Siri, where I saw these people on the telephone simply talking into the phone, and the phone was smart enough to know what it was saying, I said, could that be good enough to be true? I mean, is that really possible? So I have been talking to a lot of experts in the field with it, and uh, I was really, really blessed because uh, somebody actually gave me an iPhone 4S, and I think this is the best phone that I could ever imagine. So the first question that we'll have is for you, Richard. Um, Do you have the iPhone 4S, and how has it been working for you? I do. Actually, uh,
1: my employer purchased the iPhone 4S for me in November when everyone else was using Blackberries, and they said, well, since you're connected and you need to be tethered from afar, do you mind if we get you the iPhone 4S? And I said, no, not at all. In fact, I, I would welcome that. So I do own it, and I have uh, dabbled with Siri and am um, and, and happy to um, you know dialogue further about it, but it, it's been a great transition.
0: And one of the really great things that I think all the listeners should know about using the iPhone, is that you can use it with different carriers. So if in your area, Sprint gives you the best connection, or if it's going to be Verizon or AT&T, you can use the iPhone with any one of these carriers. And what about for you, Richard? What carrier are you using? Uh, My work, iPhone 4S, is
1: on a Verizon network, and I haven't had any dropped calls, so I'm really um, fortunate
0: that Verizon is really good here in the Bay Area. Now, what do you find to be the most helpful feature of this iPhone 4S? I I believe I recall that you had the previous version of the iPhone, but what do you really appreciate the most about this phone? You know,
1: I think um, to know that you have instant access to your contacts, your telephone and email list, and they can transfer over from the iCloud uh, uh, everything in, in the Apple sphere is uh, surrounds around iCloud and things will will save up in the iCloud if you sync it so the fact that if this phone were to crash or get lost or be you know away from me I could I could re search and get my contacts from just about anywhere and have
0: it on this iPhone and or on my iPad I know that you were one of the experts in the field of technology who has almost transitioned almost 100% over to Apple. In other words, I don't believe that you use your PC computer nearly as much as you used to, and you're using the iPad.
1: Um, That's correct. I mean, about 80% of what I do is on the iPad or iPhone my next trip my next uh, task is to go to the um, MacBook Air and, and transition completely over but with my work computer I do use a Dell uh, PC but more of what I do is more on Apple products and because it's out of the box it's mainstream accessibility
0: Yes. And um, do you mind sharing all of our listeners about what level of vision do you have? In other words, are you partially sighted so you're using the iPad with large print and you're able to do the work that you need to do or uh, are you using it really with the speech output of voiceover? You know, um, really quick, on my PC,
1: I use ZoomText with speech, and I use more of my vision. But with the Apple products, um, I am using the inverted black-on-white, white-on-black with VoiceOver. And even though I can still see the screen with my very, very limited vision, about 20 over 600 in my right and only eye, Um, I'm actually listening more than looking. I'm looking as a habit of just I'm a visual learner, but I'm not seeing everything on the screen, but I'm following um, the screen as it scrolls down the text and using the various features within Apple, whether it's Safari or email or or text messaging or just verbal commands. I'm I'm using more of my uh, verbal commands and just listening with voiceover than the actual use of my vision.
0: Now, I know that you're in a lot of meetings and you take notes at a lot of the meetings that you're at, and I know shortly you have to leave for another meeting, but have you found it to be equally easy to take notes using your iPhone 4S versus the iPad? Um, yeah, well, what I what I do, Dr. Bill, is I have
1: the Apple Bluetooth keyboard, and you can essentially use any Bluetooth keyboard out there on the market and connect it to your Apple device, and whether it's the iPod Touch, iPhone, or iPad, and uh, take notes within your email or Notes feature or, or um, Pages, which is a great app, and uh, you can translate that over into whatever you're using for a final um, edit. But I absolutely I, I take Avid notes, and when I talk to students all the time, I say you, there's no purpose. Reason why you shouldn't be taking notes, whether it's with a braille notetaker or your Apple device, because it's it's out of the box, it's portable, and and why not? That's amazing. So you literally could carry all the things
0: that you need in in your 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 pocket.
1: And I don't and I don't um, really carry a laptop with me anymore unless I have to. Everything goes in this laptop backpack, and it's portable, and you can end up packing more to go with you because you're not having to pack as much
0: of your devices. That's great. That's great. Now, Christy, I know that you also were previously a PC user and you use screen magnification. And uh, I just have learned that you also are now using the iPhone and the iPad. So I want to ask you, um, what do you find to be the most helpful feature of the iPhone? Is it just basically the phone itself or is it the versatility that it could do so many things?
2: Um, I really like the versatility of it, and I have been a big uh, user of Siri so far with my iPhone 4S. Um, I love how she can understand, or she, it, I guess, can understand um, any kind of commands or questions that you have. You don't even have to look at your phone anymore, so I find myself mainly just talking to Siri and telling her what I want her to do, whether it's uh, put things in my calendar, schedule me reminders, send text messages, send my emails, and I don't even have to look at my phone anymore, which is so nice because a lot of times it's too glary or I'm not in the right lighting conditions or I can't go into the settings fast enough to change the font size. So I've been really
0: liking Siri. So you have found that even though you are a person who does have vision, using the Siri to talk into the phone and tell it what to do makes it so fast and easy that even though you have vision, you use the iPhone 4S similar to a person who has no vision. Yes. Now can you give us sort of an example? Let's say, for example, that you just simply wanted to use your iPhone and you wanted Siri, the iPhone's voice recognition program, to dial a call can you give us an example what would you say
2: all you have to say is well first you have to hold down the home button which is the circle button located at the bottom of the phone and you hold that down and it makes a beeping noise and all I would say is call Dr. Bill and then it would make a little ding that I'm done talking and she would say calling Dr. Bill
0: And would it be the same thing if you had to dial a telephone number? You would just hold the button and say the numbers aloud? Yes, exactly. Now, what if it was something that's a little bit more challenging, that you wanted to send me a text message? What would you do to send me a text message?
2: I would also start by holding down the home button and wait for the beep, and then I would say, send a text message to Dr. Bill. And then Siri proceeds to ask you, what would you like me to say to Dr. Bill? Then I would say, hi, Dr. Bill, how are you? And then Siri would read it back. I have updated your message to say, hi, Dr. Bill, how are you? Would you like me to send this message, save it for later, or start a new message? And then I would say, send. And she would say, I have sent your message.
0: And during that whole sequence, do you hold down the home button through that whole sequence or do you release the home button after you say send a text message to Dr. Bill?
2: Once you do the original hold down of the home button, it'll prompt you when to speak with beats. After Suri's done talking, it will give you a beep for you to talk and then she know or it knows when you're done talking and it'll automatically beep again for her to talk.
0: Wow, so it's really very simple. And how about for something that would be even more challenging? I know that you have your own business. And what if you wanted to make an appointment for one of your patients at a particular time? How do you schedule an appointment using the Siri?
2: Um, It's pretty much the same procedure. All you do is hold down the home button and say, uh, either you can say, as a more intelligent conversation, like something like, please schedule me a massage appointment on Tuesday, the 25th at 12 p.m., or you can start out by saying, I would like to schedule a reminder, and then Siri would go through the steps of asking you what day that would be, what time, what you would like to title the appointment. She would go through the steps and ask you if you don't just tell her all at once.
0: Now, what's the difference between a reminder and scheduling an appointment in your calendar? Are those actually two separate programs, or does a reminder transfer it to your calendar?
2: Um, their, Apple has it set up as two different apps, actually, that are built into all their iDevices. Um, there's an app called Reminders, and then there's an app called Calendar, um, Reminders I use just as more of like a quick, uh, more of like an appointment thing. And then my calendar I use more for like permanent events like birthdays and um, things like that. So I, I typically use reminders more just because I found that it's a more easily uh, accessible app for myself. But I know people that think both um, and have reminders on their calendar and in the Reminder app. So you can do it whichever way is easiest
0: for you. Now let's say that you did schedule yourself an appointment that uh, Thursday, this coming Thursday at noon, to take Dr. Bill out to lunch. Um, How does Siri or the iPhone 4S remind you so you don't forget? Does it send you a text message or does it ring uh, an alarm uh, and make you look at it? How does it remind Um, you?
2: Depending on how how you set it up, um, if you do it through the Reminders app, it will ask you after you write down or dictate to Suri what you want it to do, it will ask you if you'd like to set an alert for that event, and you get to decide uh, when you want the alert to be, whether it's two days before the event or two hours, you get to decide and you get to decide what alarm sound you want it to have, and you also get to decide how many times you want it to remind you. So if you want it to remind you ten times before the event, then you can schedule it like that. So it's, it's really versatile and up to the person who's scheduling as to how
0: they want that to happen. Gosh, it's really amazing. It really is like your your secretary just in your pocket. Well, Julian, I know that there was something that you showed me about the iPhone that really came into handy um, this past weekend when I was lecturing. And I had a lecture, and uh, I set an alarm to go off at 10 a.m. So I wanted to know when my lecture time was almost up. And I set it to vibrate mode, and it was really nice because it gave me a warning as to when my my time was up. Um, what are some of the other features that
3: you have used with the Siri on your on your phone? Um, like the others, I use Siri a lot for uh, adding entries to the calendar and the reminder app. I I tend to use the reminder app more for things like, uh, for example, when I uh, put clothes in the laundry. Uh, in the apartment building I live, we have a laundry room, so that's how I know when it's time to go and and take them out of the washer, put them in the dryer, or take them out of the dryer. So I I'll, I'll set reminders like that. I'll say, remind me to take the clothes out of the dryer in, in 30 minutes, and it'll do that. If I'm going to schedule an appointment, like say an iPhone training with a client, I'll I'll tell Siri to do that to schedule me an appointment for iPhone training with the of the client, and then I'll add the info. And uh, you can set uh, how far in advance uh, you want to be uh, reminded of the event. So I use it for that. Uh, I use it a lot when I'm out and about. Uh, If I want to know real quickly uh, where I am, maybe instead of opening up a a GPS app, which I had maybe done in the past, I'll uh, activate Siri real quick and say, where am I? And she'll give me an approximate address. Or if I'm looking for a particular uh, business, I used to use an app called Around Me, which is a really good app for finding businesses nearby. Uh, now I just ask Siri, you know, where's the nearest Starbucks? And she'll bring up a whole list of them. And uh, from there, I can choose the one that I want and get its information, its phone number and stuff. And I can even uh, get it to give me uh, walking or, or driving directions, whichever I choose. Uh, so I, I use it for stuff like that all the time and also for setting alarms uh I never used to use the alarm app in the iPhone until I got Siri. And now if I need to get up for something the next morning, I'll just say, Siri uh, set an alarm for me at 7 a.m. And she'll do it. She'll wake me up at 7. That's really handy.
0: So it's it's very, very quick uh, since you've had Siri to access these different types of applications and use these other features.
3: Oh, absolutely. And also uh, to add to that, Uh, with Siri we also get the ability to dictate uh, text into any text field that we come up with in the iPhone so um, if you're you can use it for text messages you can use it for writing uh, for dictating emails I used it yesterday when I was uh, training a client and helping to set up his iTunes account and it wants you to write a security question and it's answer and we were kind of starting to run a little short on time and I thought hey wait a minute let me use the dictate function here so I would just dictated the question, and uh, then it filled in that text field exactly with the text that I had spoken to it. So it helped us save some time.
0: Gosh, that's great. Now let's say for example that is something that you were doing. Let's say for example that you are on the Internet. You're surfing the Internet, and you have Google, and in the search box you want to find something about amblyopia or something that is a strange type of medical term, and you want to uh, dictate into it, can you describe what are the features that a user would have to do to begin the dictation? Is that a complicated task to begin dictating into
3: the theory? Not at all. Uh, this is the wonderful thing about uh, the iPhone 4S is that it finally puts dictation right into the operating system. Previously, you used to have to use an app uh, like like Dragon, Uh, naturally speaking, to accomplish this, where you would dictate to the app. And then once it uh, uh, decoded what you said and gave it to you as text, then you had the option to copy it and paste it or move it to where you wanted to. Well, now, if you're uh, in Safari and you're in the Google edit field, once that edit field is active, which would normally bring up a keyboard on the screen, uh, there's a little button right to the left of the space bar that says Dictate. And when you uh, activate that button, all of a sudden you'll hear uh, a beep. You speak what you want to be put into that text field, and then you double tap with two fingers on the screen, and it takes what maybe about a second at the most or two, and uh, it brings it back to you, and it's read aloud to you, so you can make sure that it is as you intended. If it isn't, uh, you can do one of two things. You can actually go back and edit that field yourself uh, with the normal uh, methods of doing that, moving the cursor and replacing letters, or you can simply shake the phone, and by doing that, it'll activate, uh, it'll basically erase what's in there, and then you can do it all over again. So it it makes it much faster, and it's uh, not complicated at all.
0: Wow, so pressing the the button next to the space bar will activate your dictation, and when you finish dictating, two fingers double tap will stop the dictation. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow that that is that is fantastic. Um have you ever tried a situation let's say that you were searching for the history of amblyopia and it was having difficulties with spelling amblyopia correctly. Is it possible that you could dictate it letter by letter rather than saying history of amblyopia? You wanna say history of and then at that point A M B L. Y O P I A. Is that possible too? I haven't tried it, but
3: I can't see why it wouldn't work. That sounds perfectly logical.
0: So, how about you, Chris? Have you ever tried that with the dictation feature that you could dictate letters individually as well? Say, for example, you're going to send an email to somebody who had a very strange email, and you had to say individual letters and numbers.
2: I have read that that is possible. I have not actually tried it myself, but I know that that's one of the letter-by-letter features is one of the things that they advertise for the dictation feature.
0: Great. Now, one of the other features that I know made uh, me want to buy the iPhone 4S was the fact that there are so many different applications, and I have seen demonstrations of applications where for a person who's totally blind like me, I really wanted a currency reader, and about a year ago, I bought something that's called the iBill, which looks like a pager, and I thought that was the greatest thing ever. But after I saw how this iPhone could read your currencies, I thought that was great. I also then saw how there were other applications that you could buy for a couple of dollars that would tell you where you are. It was your GPS. And there was others that were barcode applications. So I was really impressed with all these applications, and again, they were so cheap. Um, what's what's been your experience with the applications? Have you purchased applications?
3: Yes, uh, there's several that I use uh, on a daily basis, and they're absolutely wonderful uh, for currency identification. Uh, my favorite one is the LookTell Money Reader. Uh, that's a very well known app. And the beauty of this app is that it is simple. So simple, in fact, that it confuses people. Sometimes uh, a new person will get this app and launch it and say, hey, wait a minute, I think this app is broken. It's not working with my device. It's not voiceover accessible. Well, that's because you don't need to do anything with it. All you do is you launch the app and then you just hold the phone over the currency, about maybe six inches or so above the currency. And it's identified uh, almost instantly. Um, It's a very nice app. Uh, It now costs, I think, $9.99, just about $10. But that's because it now reads other currencies other than U.S. It now reads also uh, euros. It reads British pounds. It reads Australian and Canadian. And I'm sure they're probably going to be adding uh, more to that as time goes on.
0: I I have found, Julian, that it reads faster than I could get my... Bills out and put it into my iBill. I'm a little yes. bit slower to fit the currency into the iBill, and I think it is just great. I mean, it's it's fantastic. How about
3: you, Christy? Um, Bill, could you give the name of that again? It's the LookTel Money Reader. L O O K T E L. If you just go to the App Store and you type that in alone, uh, it, it'll probably bring it up. Dr. Bill, it's Richard.
1: Yes, hi, Richard. I, before I go, I, I, or go to mute, and I don't want to interrupt you too much, but I do want to say to the to the listeners out there who are who have yet to buy iPhones or iPhones with Siri, and I said this before, and I will say this just as as a caution that you know the iPhones are great. Uh, if you're not, if you have a phone and you and you're not sure about. You know if it 's something for you, you can certainly go to the Apple Store and play with the iPad or ipod touch and they 'll do pretty much everything but have a data plan like the phone so and they don 't yet have Siri on them, but they do they, those are alternatives for folks and The only other thing I would say is as much as I like the iPhone and iPhone with Siri um, You do have to take into account data plans and those types of things, but moreover, if you're coming from using a tactile surface phone going to a flat surface, there is a learning curve, and I say usually give yourself about a week, week and a half um, before you start asking all your other friends who have iPhones with voiceover questions, because that's the best learning curve, is learning, uh, being patient, maybe having a glass of wine, and then before you know it, that week and a half has gone by, and that's when you start asking all your friends questions, because that's... I think that's how the way people learn the best, and that's just my opinion. But I wanted to insert that before I go on mute to this other call.
0: Okay, yes, that's really a great point. And thank you so much for your time, Richard. Have a great meeting tonight, too. Thank you. How about for you, Christy? Can you share with us um, any of your favorite applications that you, you have found to be particularly helpful?
2: Um. I'm sure you guys know about it. There's an app called, I believe it's called Color ID. Um, I use that one quite a lot. It uses your phone's camera to identify certain colors. I use it for outfits and uh, just I can't, with my vision, it's hard to differentiate between colors that are close in contrast. Um, So all you have to do is just as with the currency, you hold it about six inches above, Whatever color you want it to identify, and it'll read out the color, and it's, it can even be very specific as to like what percentage of gray it is, or uh, what color brown it's close to. It'll it'll tell you all those kind of details. I I really enjoy that app, and I believe it was two ninety nine. Um, God for it's under three color ID
0: for under three dollars. And what was the name of that application?
2: It's called Color ID.
0: Color I. D. I D. Yes. Gosh, that that is great. How about uh, and then another? another...
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, another app that I really uh, enjoy is called Next Bus, and what that does is for any kind of public transportation that someone with low vision or who's blind might use, um, it'll tell you exactly what bus stop you're at what buses come to that bus stop and it will actually tell you where those buses are along their route and how long it will be before the bus gets to you. So say I'm waiting at a bus stop and I'm waiting for the 150 and I want to know do I have time to go back to my apartment and grab something, I can just click on that app it will tell me I'm at bus stop 645 and the 150 will be there in two minutes. So. And uh, you can even track them along a map and all kinds of things, and that's been really helpful as well.
0: Gosh, that is great. And that's called Next Bus. And how much was that? Do you remember? Was that expensive?
2: Uh, that one was actually free. Oh, that
0: can't be that price. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, what about if some I other? I know that you use public transportation and you travel all throughout. The United States, what are some of your GPS applications that you recommend?
3: Oh, there's several, but if I just if I could add real quick just to the next bus thread, I use that app daily. That actually, uh, for those unfamiliar are familiar with the iPhone, you know how the bottom of the screen, you have the dock that uh, with four icons that are permanent there no matter what screen you're on. Uh, next bus has earned a place in the dock because I use it that much, and I often use it to make split second decisions about which buses to catch or which way i 'm going to go somewhere and what time i 'm leaving. Uh, I hardly ever look at schedules anymore just because this thing is so darn accurate and useful. but as far as GPS app, um, I should point out that there 's two types of GPS applications. Um there is uh what I call a directional or guided GPS, which is your traditional uh put in your start and put in destination and it gives you turn by turn walking or driving directions. And then there is what's called orientational GPS, which is uh what you use to find out where you are, what intersection you are approaching and such. So um I don't use guided GPS nearly as much because I, I can pretty much find my way around a lot of things, especially here locally. I know the the, the layout pretty well. But uh, orientational GPS is something I use much more frequently. Uh, there's an, uh, the, the apps I recommend for that is the uh, Sendero Lookaround app. Uh, many of you are familiar with Sendero's products for the, uh, for the Braille note takers and the Mobile Geo. Uh, they make an excellent GPS product. They've got an app for the iPhone that... Um, it's not quite as capable as their full fledged product, but it's great for knowing what intersection you're near. And this comes in really handy if you're on a bus and you're not familiar with the route and uh, you're wanting to know what intersections you're going by and approaching. Also, when you're walking in an area that you're not familiar, it's great to know. Uh, so it works great for that. And that app, by the way, only costs uh, $4.95. Uh, Another app I recommend is called Ariadne GPS. That's A-R-I-A-D-N-E GPS. That one is really good for telling you the address that you happen to be near. And so far I have to say it's the most accurate address app that I have ever used. Uh, It's 99% of the time dead accurate. If I'm standing in front of a place and I I query it, it will give me the exact address I'm standing in front of. And what's nice about Ariadne is that um, it does something that a lot of the other apps don't do, and that's that it it continues to refresh itself and give you new results every so often. You can set it up to little five-second intervals, which is what I do. So if you're walking down the street and you're looking for an address, a place you're not familiar with, instead of having to ask people all the time, what's this address or where's that address, I can just walk down the street. And every so often, it's going to refresh itself and tell me what address I'm near. And I use that all the time to find uh, addresses that, that I haven't been to before.
0: And does that have any other kind of directional types of navigation on the Ariadne? Or is it primarily uh, a great device for your location? And uh,
3: what's the cost of that? I believe, I could be wrong, but I, it's been so long since I bought it. But I think it's like two ninety nine for the Ariadne. And... Um, I believe it will give you things like direction and heading and things like that. The speed that you're going if you're in a moving vehicle, um, and also as you approach, as you get to an intersection and maybe you round the corner, it'll tell you the street that you're on, which is really handy because again, it's telling you the address that you're near every time. So, if you round the corner onto another street, it'll it'll change itself and tell you that you're now on this new street. So that that's very helpful. Gosh. And do
0: either of you have uh, the GPS program Navigon? Have either of you used that? Uh, Christy, have you used
2: that? I have not.
0: All right. I do have that program. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what is Navigon GPS.
3: Navigon is uh, what I was talking about before, a guided or or directional type of GPS. It's where you tell it where you're starting and where you're going. You can also look for restaurants or things like that, points of interest, if you want to be guided to them. It works very well, Um, especially uh, I use it when I go to new places that I'm not familiar with and I want to find a a certain kind of restaurant or whatever. I'll I'll, I'll find it on Navigon and then uh, have it make me a pedestrian route, and then it guides me there, voice giving me turn-by-turn where I'm approaching, where I need to turn and such. Um, That particular app, depending on if there's a sale or not, I think normally uh, if you you want the full uh, U.S. version, I think it's uh, when it's not on sale it's about forty nine dollars when I got it, I got it on sale Black Friday a year ago, and I got it for about thirty. Uh, they also make more regional versions of it so if you're if most of your traveling is just going to be in one region of the country and you're never going to go to other places, they do make lower cost uh, options of it that will give you the map access to map data in those specific areas. Another app that I've recently found out about that seems to be Becoming more popular is called Motion X Drive. Uh, that's M O T I O N and the letter X. Now they make two uh, products, but the one that that uh, that fits more of this need is called Motion X Drive. Um, that one uh, uses a different pricing structure. That one you pay 99 cents for the app, and that gives you one uh, month of uh, voice guidance uh, included in that. And then if you want, you can sign up for a year of service. And I think right now they still have a sale where you can get that for $10 for a whole year of, of service. So for some, that might actually be a little bit more affordable. And uh, those are the two right now that seem to be the most voiceover friendly as far as GPS, uh, guided GPS apps for the iPhone. I
0: know we have some of our listeners on the line today that they do travel and they do take public buses and such. Do either of you know of any of these GPS systems such as um, – Um, next bus, or will they help a totally blind person to actually find where is the specific bus stop? Sometimes you you might be at the intersection, but you're not quite exactly certain sometimes where is a particular bus stop. Uh, Do you happen to have any knowledge if any of these would help a person to locate
3: the bus stop? I have not yet found one that does that. Um, That's the one thing that I miss about Mobile Geo. Mobile Geo actually, uh, they've incorporated the Google Transit feeds, which Google has mapped all the bus stops. And you can actually use Mobile Geo to guide you to a bus stop if that's what you want to do. I am hoping that someday Sendero is going to uh, come up with a more robust product for the iPhone at which time maybe they will include those. But for right now, uh, I don't know of any offhand that, that do that. And,
0: Christy, are you familiar if uh, any of them do help a person find the bus stop?
2: Uh, I haven't found one either, but I haven't done very much research on it, so oh. I'm not sure.
0: Okay. And I know one of the things that you introduced me to with your iPhone, Christy, Was a way that you could still also use your iPhone to watch uh, YouTube videos. You could listen to your favorite music. You could listen to books. Can you share with our listeners how you use it for some other recreational purposes?
2: Yeah, um, Apple is really good about integrating a bunch of entertainment into their iOS, which is their operating system. So. When you turn on your iPhone or your iPod Touch or your iPad, there are certain apps that are automatically built in to the software, and some of those include YouTube, um, which is its own app, and then they have a music app, they have a videos app, a photos app, um, and all those things, uh, except YouTube, are run through your iTunes, um, which is the Apple's Store basically, and uh, you can download music, movies, audiobooks, podcasts, um, basically any form of entertainment that you're looking for. And you can access it through, if you're totally blind, using VoiceOver um, to start your music, or you can even ask Siri. Uh, you can just tap the home button and say, Uh, play my workout playlist or play music by Coldplay or so you can ask Siri what, what you want to do or Siri play, uh, meet the parents, the movie or whatever and she'll, she will actually start those types of functions for you.
0: Boy, that's Siri. (laughs) She's amazing. That's fantastic. Gosh, and so, you know, if you're waiting for a bus or if you're on a bus, you have all kinds of entertainment or you could study. And um, Richard had talked about how he has a separate Bluetooth keyboard and he types different notes. Um, Julian, do you know whether or not that the iPhone 4S has a decent recorder? So if you wanted to record a lecture... Or maybe you were going to interview somebody and you wanted to record an interview. Is there some type of a recording application uh, for the iPhone 4S?
3: Yeah, it comes with its own built-in uh, recording app. But there are other ones out there that, uh, that people seem to prefer. The, the one that a lot of people seem to like is called List Recorder. Uh, I have not played with it all that much because I use other devices for recording. But uh, it seems to be popular, and, it, and it's it's the developers of that app have really gone out of their way to, to, to completely uh, make it so that it's voiceover friendly. Uh, and you can do a lot of things like make shopping lists on there, um, but, uh, all kinds of, I think, even reminders, things like that. So uh, it's a very good recording app. It's the one that uh, a lot of the visually impaired people I know seem to like. And that's called List Recorder. Do you know the price yes. of List recorder? I don't know it offhand because I think they have several different versions of it. So depending on the functions that you want is what you pay for. Now,
0: is there a place, Julian, that a lot of our listeners can go to to uh, hear reviews or from other people about which applications they really like and that work real well for people with low vision?
3: Yes. Uh, the, a very well-known site is Apple Viz. That is A-P-P-L-E-V-I-S dot com. That's www.applevis.com. You can read a lot of reviews on apps uh, as to whether their accessibility uh, uh, is good or not. Uh, It's a great resource. Uh, I have subscribed to the VI phone mailing list in Google Groups. It's a very busy list. So I'll tell you right now, anybody who's going to sign up for that, I highly recommend setting up a separate account. You can get, like, a free Gmail account or something like that and just set it up for these types of mailing lists because this one in particular is very high traffic. There's, I think, over 1,000 people worldwide that subscribe and contribute to this list. But it's a great place to go and ask questions about apps or or anything related to iOS. Other apps, I think there's another one out there called appadvice.com. They've got a section there for apps that that, that are... uh, uh, helpful or useful for the blind. Okay, oh, what's another one? I think there's another site. All with my iPhone. Dot uh, com. So there's a lot of good resources out there.
0: Boy, that's that's really helpful. I mean, just keeping up with all this info, you could be at your computer all day long. <laughs> oh yes <laughs> Yeah. Geez. Well, you know, one of the things that I have found initially, my concerns about buying the iPhone was, again, the cost. Uh, the initial cost of the phone, I wasn't too concerned about it because almost all phones do cost two to $300. But one thing that I asked myself is, do I want to spend $85 a month for total fees for, you know, phone calls and the data to go on the internet and do do the text messages and things and eighty five dollars a month is really a lot of money but I have found it to be so valuable that it is beginning to replace my computer in, in many ways. I don't find myself carrying my computer as much and traveling. Uh, Christy what what may I ask, what is your monthly cost to have the iPhone?
2: The monthly cost, I'm on Verizon wireless as well and I find it runs close to you, about 80, between 80 and 90 um, dollars a month.
0: And is it something do you sort of think, oh, this is too expensive, maybe I should get rid of it or do you just find that it's so valuable that you, you don't mind paying that money?
2: There are definitely times where I think to myself, man, that's a lot of money but uh, just like you were saying, I find that it's so extremely valuable that I, every time I consider getting rid of it, I think, no way, because <laughs> yeah. then I'd have to be buying a whole bunch of other devices to compensate for what I can do on one device.
0: Yes, yes. And how about you, Julian? Uh, did you ever think about giving it up because of the cost, or do you look at it financially in a different way?
3: I have different ways of looking at it. Um, I just simply uh reshuffled some things in my life, maybe uh, uh for example, I found that I wasn't watching that much t v so I've uh, cut down my cable cost to make room for the iPhone, which is something I use every single day and benefits my life and you know i, I understand that uh we're all on different budgets, a lot of us are on fixed incomes because of the the uh, the benefits that we get and such so you know, obviously, you 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 have to eat and take care of yourself first, above and beyond any you know, these gadgets and, and things like that. But you also have to ask yourself, what's your independence worth to you? Um, you know, can you maybe do without the, the the Starbucks every day to pay for a data plan, which is going to give you infinitely more? You know, that that Starbucks, you know, you get it, you drink it, it's great. Uh, but you know, where what is it two hours later to you? <laughs> it's nothing. It's gone. As opposed to uh, paying for something like this, a data plan that gives you uh, access to all of this information and all of this uh, independence. Um, another way to look at it is, you know, a lot of people who are on fixed incomes previously, unless they were getting help from rehab or somebody like that, weren't able to afford the blindness products so like the the, uh, the the GPSs and. And the recording devices and the note-taking devices and, and the barcode scanners and money identifiers and such. So, because that stuff is priced so out of everybody's range, the only way you could get it is if you got help. Now, because of the iPhone um, and the and the relatively low cost of it when you compare it to the cost of blindness products, even if you have even if you you are paying more per month, you're in a sense spreading out that cost. You know if. If people you know if people could could have the ability to, to to spread out the cost of a blindness product, maybe more people might have bought them then. But the fact of the matter is is that when you're on uh, fixed income and, and receiving benefits you're, uh, you're not, your credit uh, isn't up there either, so you're not going to find a lot of companies willing to to extend that kind of credit to you, whereas now and you can look at it as a way of of, of spreading out the cost of something that again yeah. enhances your life.
0: Yes, and I think that's really a good good point to bring up, and as I look at just the price of these applications, if you're going to buy a GPS application for under $5, a currency identifier for under $10, you know, color identifiers for a couple of dollars, you have all of these different tools that help people with vision impairment to be independent, and the price of it is so much less than if we were buying some of these other types of products. So. I think that the iPhone allows us to use these applications at a much more affordable price as compared to if we use some of the other blindness products, it would be thousands and thousands more. So um, are both of you available for – got about 10 minutes for questions. Can you both stay on for questions? Absolutely. Yes. Great. Thanks, Christy and Julian. Okay, let's go ahead and let's unmute your phone. And then we could go ahead and take some questions over the next 10 minutes that you might have about the iPhone. And one more thing that I could say as you guys are unmuting your phones is the iPhone actually works really good for making phone calls too. <laughs> we forget about that, but it does really good at at making uh, phone calls. Um, I'm going to yes, go ahead. Who is this?
3: this is Joe. I just got an iPhone. Will Siri? add contacts verbally you just tell it to add a contact and will will it do that
0: julian the question is will siri allow you to verbally add your
3: contacts you know i haven't used her in that way but i would say that if it doesn't in other words if you hold down the home button and say add this person to my contact list and it doesn't work The other uh, workaround is to open up the contacts application, and as you go through each edit field, uh, again, instead of uh, having to use the on-screen keyboard to type, use the dictate button, and uh, for sure you can fill in the fields that way.
0: Another thing, Joe, what I did too is that when I got my phone, I basically took it to the Sprint store, My phone was a gift, so it was in a box. And when I took it to the Sprintstone store to get it activated, they said, would you like for us to transfer any type of contacts in here? And so I gave them my Gmail account, and they they transferred everything there for me. So they can do that. I'm certain the Apple store
3: will also help you. Next question. Is there any one uh, command you can give so that we'll read whatever is on the screen? You mean a verbal command? Right. Uh, I don't believe that that's possible yet. One thing to remember about Siri is Siri is technically a beta product, which means it's not a full release. Uh, Apple in its brilliance not only uh, used Siri as a marketing tool, but also got all of us to effectively become beta testers that pay them to work out the bugs in their product. So right now um, Siri does what it does, but I think in time you will see that they will add on uh, capabilities. And I, I believe that uh, in, in the near future, you will see Siri have more and more ability to control the hardware and actually open up apps and, and, and do all kinds of really neat stuff like that. And I think eventually, even too, that once Siri is uh, is out of beta, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually you see Siri become available for all Apple products. And, and uh, Christy or Julian, would you tell
0: Joe how he can use his fingers to have it read the entire screen?
3: Oh, yes. Uh, when you are – if you wanted to read from the top of the screen, for example, just touch the top of the screen uh, where the text begins, and then just take two fingers and swipe down on the screen, and that's the equivalent of, say, the JAWS Say All command. It, it starts reading from that point where you where you activate it on the screen. So
0: basically two fingers at the top of the screen and swipe down towards the bottom, yes. and it will read it. Yes. Next question. This is Rita. Hi, Rita. Go ahead.
2: Hi. Um, I've got a question uh, to Julian about the dictate function in Siri series, series for the edit field. Um, you said it was a two-finger double tap, right? Yes, to,
3: to stop her from uh, to, to basically indicate that you are done with dictation.
2: Okay. Here's my question. When when I do a two-finger double tap now on my current, I just have an iPhone four. It plays. Um, it'll stop and start the music. You know, like, uh, yes. will, does that override when you've got Siri and you do the two-finger double tap?
3: You know yeah, uh, the the phone is smart enough to know that you're in an edit field and that you are using the Dictation app. So at that point, the two-finger double tap becomes the toggle for stopping dictation. But, yeah, if you're on your home screen, uh, normally uh, the, the default action, uh, the, the default action of, of doing that is to start and stop music.
0: Oh Great. Okay. Thank you. I have a
2: question.
3: Yeah. Um, go ahead. Don,
2: Donna from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, about I have a little question about the iPad. Uh, are the iPad 2, just could you talk a little bit about, uh, very shortly, about what it does? And also, I wanted to mention that if you have any iTunes gift cards, you can use them in the App Store with the iPhone.
0: Yes. Well, um, the iPad 2, it is, you could think of it very similar to the iPhone. Um, but it does not make those particular types of phone calls. Right. Right. So it it basically is organized in a very similar way where there are icons. You could go to the iTunes store and purchase all of these applications. Uh, I I do have an iPhone. I have an iPhone 4, so I'm familiar with that. Okay. So the uh, iPad is basically the same thing as your iPhone, but it has the larger screen. It does not make phone calls. Right. And um, I think that... In terms of having that larger screen, it makes it a bit easier if you are partially sighted. Right. You I want am. to read. If you would like to read large print books, you want to show photographs to people, right. it's a larger screen. Okay. So it, it's very, very, very functional. And uh, Christy, anything else you want to add because I know you're using both?
2: Um, I basically just think of the iPad as a substitute for a laptop because pretty much anything – that I used to be able to do on my laptop, um, including word processing, note-taking, recording, all that kind of stuff, um,
0: I now do from my iPad, too. Wow. Okay, great. Thank you. And back Um, to that... that This is a great show. I love it. At that same point there, Christy, um, are you able to... Connect a printer to your iPad, or can you connect a uh, other type of external device to your iPad?
2: Um, you can use, uh, I believe, Apple works with HP. Um, I know there are specific printers that work in conjunction with the iPad. For I forget if it's called Air Printing. It's something oh, with wireless, a uh, wireless printer. Um oh, great. Apple it's called iprint. iPrint. It's
1: Richard. It's called iPrint. And okay. printers work as well.
2: Okay. Um, so I know there's that. And then Apple does make some external devices for the iPad. Um, for example, they, they make a wireless keyboard, which I use in conjunction with my iPad. And then they also make... Um, Cables to connect your iPad to, like, a TV if you wanted to watch movies on a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. Um, they make a camera connection kit so that you can um, download pictures directly from a digital camera right into your iPad. Um
0: well, that's really great. That's really great. Yeah. All sorts of different things. And Richard, yeah, that you can welcome do. back, Richard. Um, would you repeat the name of that printer? We got a couple of minutes left, but would you repeat the name of that printer? And I also saw an email you sent about a type of scanner. I believe that can connect to the iPad that you talked about today.
1: Yeah, the, the printer that I just bought for my work iPhone uh, is the it's an Epson, and I haven't unpacked it yet, but it, it's compatible with the iOS devices, and it's wireless. And HP has a line of printers um, that are known as iPrint, has iPrint software on it, and it'll, it'll work with your iOS devices. The OCR scanning device that you want to look at is called Prismo, And I think it's like $10 on the App Store, and it's um, equivalent to, if not better, than AI Squared's version of Zoom Reader, which will scan and read receipts or small printed objects out there. And I think Prismo, from what the reviews are saying, has a little better edge on that, and it it tends to scan things
0: with greater accuracy. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Okay, let's see. We'll take two more questions. Uh, Yes, is that Todd? Ken? This is Ken?
3: Ken, go ahead. Yeah, Thanks. Two quickies. Uh, If I'm out hiking in the woods, can Siri tell me whether I'm heading south, southwest, or west Have the Audible Compass feature?
1: The Compass will tell you which direction you're going with.
2: Uh, with
3: That's not a separate app? No, that's built built into the iPhone. Okay, Okay, and the other question is, if I'm on the road someplace, what do I need to do minimally to get Siri to read me my emails? What does she need to know? You set
0: up your, your iPhone 4S, and it will ask you if you want to set up a email account. And what you'll then do is you'll give it your email address, and then you'll give it your password, and then it will then download those emails to your iPhone. When a phone, excuse me, when an email message comes in, it'll make a noise, and you use two fingers at the top of your screen, and you swipe down, and it'll read the entire email. If you want to then reply to it, you could then again hit the dictate button, and you could begin to reply and not even type. You could just use your voice. So it's really really helpful.
3: Well, I can I can have it with me, and then every couple of days check, and it'll read all the new ones that came in. Yes. But thank you. Great. Okay. How about one more question? Was that Sam?
0: Sam, were you trying to get a question in? Uh, yes, this is Dan. I, I was wondering if you could tell me if you have any text or tips or tricks if you're in a noisy
3: area and you're trying to activate Siri, uh, you know, for command? I have to say that uh, I'm generally not the biggest fan of speaking to things because of that very reason. I will also along those lines say that Siri so far has been the best command response system that I've ever used. But I would tell you uh, to try, of course, to get into as quiet of a place okay. as possible, um, try using the uh, the earbuds, especially because with the earbuds, uh, you can talk right into the microphone. Uh, the little area that has the controls that, that control the iPod and answering and ending calls and such. The microphone is built onto that little thing that's uh, hanging on the cord. If you talk directly into that, that might be a way of minimizing uh, some of the background.
0: Great, great. Well, we want to thank all of you, and I'd also like to thank uh, Mr. Dick Burden from LA. and this particular podcast will be posted on www.airsla.org, and I I want to thank all of our panelists, uh, Richard Retta, Christy Stone, and Julian Vargas. Uh, Julian, uh, do you have a contact information? If anybody wants to ask you any questions, you might answer any emails or questions they may
3: have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for anybody who's interested, I do uh, one-on-one iPhone training. I can also come and speak to groups about iPhone accessibility. Uh, I can be reached by email at prtblaccess at gmail.com. Uh, that's prtbl, so think of portable without the vowels and then the word access at com. Or by phone, I can be reached at area code 818 nine five five four and christy are you uh able to
0: answer any questions that anyone may have
2: yes i'd be more than happy to thank you um they can reach me at my email address which is k-r-i-s-t-i-s-t-o-n-e the number eight the number six at gmail.com, so that's Stone 86 at gmail.com, or they can call me on my cell phone, which is area code 818-606-7798.
0: Great. Thank you. And how about Richard? Uh, If anybody has any questions, do you have a contact info that you might want to give somebody? Certainly. It's uh, area code
1: 510-825-4106. Email Richard Rueda, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-R-U-E-D-A
0: at net. Great. Well, again, I want to thank all of you, and if you want to get a lot of this information, again, listen to the podcast. It will be up at the C C L V I webpage within a few days, or again, you could go to www.airsla.org. So we hope to see you again next month, and thank you very much, everybody. Good night.